0: Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden.
1: Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. They do a great job. It's Naples' longest established air conditioning company uh, visit johnsonsairconditioning.com to find out more. Also by Life in Naples magazine, be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. You can find out more by visiting lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll be visiting with uh, Michael Cannon. Michael is a health uh, director of health studies at the Cato Institute. We'll visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, and Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples, will join us as well. It is December the 16th, and on this day in 1903, think of that only 117 years ago, near Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, Orville and Wilbur Wright made the first successful flight in history of a self-propelled, heavier-than-air aircraft. Orville piloted the gasoline-powered, propeller-driven plane, which stayed aloft for 12 seconds and covered 120 feet on its inaugural flight. Uh, They uh, grew up in Dayton, Ohio, and developed the interest in aviation after learning of the gilt glider flights of German engineer Otto Lilienthal in the 1890s. Unlike their older brothers, Orville and Wilbur, did not attend college, but they possessed an extraordinary technical ability and a sophisticated approach to solving problems in mechanical design. They built printing presses and in 1892 opened a bicycle sales and repair shop. Soon they were building their own bicycles, and this experience combined with Profits from their various businesses allowed them to pursue actively their dream of building the world's first airplane. After exhaustively researching other engineers' efforts to build a heavier-than-air controlled aircraft, the brothers wrote to the U.S. Weather Bureau inquiring a suitable place to conduct glider tests. They settled on Kitty Hawk, an isolated village in North Carolina's Outer Banks which offered steady winds and sand dunes from which to glide and land softly. They really thought this through, didn't they? Their first glider tested in 1900 performed poorly, but a new design tested in 1901 was more successful. Later that year, they built a wind tunnel where they tested nearly 200 wings and airframes of different shapes and designs. The brothers' systematic experimentations paid off. They flew hundreds of successful flights in their 1902 glider as Kill Devil's Hills near Kitty Hawk. Their biplane glider featured a steering system based on a movable rudder. That will solve the problem of controlled flight. They were now ready for powered flight. In Dayton, they designed a 12-horsepower internal combustion engine with the assistance of a machinist, Charles Taylor, and built a new aircraft to house it. They transported their aircraft to pieces to Kitty Hawk in the autumn of 1903, assembled it, and made a few further tests. On December 14th, they made their first attempt at a powered flight. The engine stalled uh, during takeoff, and the plane was damaged, and they spent three days repairing it. Then on December the 17th, in front of five witnesses, the aircraft ran down a monorail track and into the air, staying aloft for 12 seconds and flying 120 feet. The modern aviation age was born. Three more tests were made that day, with Wilbur and Orville alternately flying the airplane, and then Wilbur flew the last flight, covering uh, 59 seconds and eight hundred fifty-two feet. During the next few years, their brothers further developed the airplane but kept a low profile because they wanted to make sure they could have patents and contracts for their flying machines. By 1905, the aircraft could perform complex maneuvers and remained a law for up to 39 minutes at a time. In 1908, they traveled to France and made their first public flights while the French just loved them. They were heroes. Uh, in 1909, the U.S. Army Signal Corps purchased a uh, specially constructed plane and the brothers founded the Wright company to build and make aircraft wilbur Wright died of typhoid fever in 1912 and orville lived until 1948 the time span of this is just amazing it's almost the same time as the uh, development of the automobile it's just amazing what they accomplished uh, are you annoyed with uh, slow flush toilets and slow uh, shower heads slow pouring slow pouring shower heads well you're not alone i remember dave berry the great columnist funny columnist from Miami, from the Miami Herald, he used to run for president every four years on the platform, the death penalty for the guy who invented the slow flush toilet. Well, it turns out that it bugs the president too, and he says it takes too long to wash his hair, and he wants it to be perfect, so he signed an executive order yesterday to reverse all of this, and of course, the environmentalist heads are totally exploding over this, they're going to lead to more global warming. It's going to run out, or we're going to run out of water. What about the econ- What about the environment? Yeah. Well, thank you, Mr. President. It, it it bugs me too. You're not alone. Well, a healthcare worker in Alaska is reportedly doing well and in stable condition after suffering a serious allergic reaction minutes after taking the new Pfizer coronavirus vaccine. Apparently, it was some sort of a, a anaphylactic shock and required hospitalization. This apparently has happened to two other people in the United Kingdom, so just a word of caution, there can be side effects uh, from the vaccine, and they can happen almost, um, this happened immediately uh, after taking the vaccine. A majority of registered U.S. voters are worried that the government officials in the United States will retain their newly claimed expansive powers following the end of the COVID pandemic, 62% uh, 62% of respondents in the survey, this is Scott Rasmussen in the uh, Just the News Daily poll. 62% of the respondents said they were somewhat or very worried about American governments holding on to the pandemic powers after the health crisis subsides. Just 32% were unconcerned. Well, I'm among the 62% in this case. I'm very concerned about uh, the overreach. And again, I'm so grateful that we have Governor DeSantis who is not exploiting this to uh, build his own power in the state. Uh, Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar said Wednesday the anticipated surplus of COVID-19 vaccine uh, will be used for the benefit of the world community. By the way, it turns out that uh, there are five doses per vial of the uh, Pfizer vaccine. Apparently, they're getting as many as seven doses, so... The uh, Pfizer vaccine is going to lo- last probably longer than anticipated. He says, now we have uh, 900 million doses of vaccine that we have contracted for, daily, for delivery. We hope to uh, have options that increase that to a total of 3 billion doses of vaccine. We have 100 million of Moderna set up between now and March 31st, 100 million of Pfizer between now and March 31st, and 100 million of Moderna in the second quarter, he said. This, of course, is all a result of President Trump's Operation Warp Speed. The FDA on Friday gave emergency use approval for Pfizer-Biontech vaccine. is expected to approve Moderna's by weekend. By the weekend, vaccines by AstraZeneca and Johnson Johnson are also in the late stage of clinical trials. So we're working actively with Pfizer, and I will say that I'm very optimistic that we'll conclude successful results there. Now, the interesting thing, and I forgot about this, but this is for people who are uh, or, uh, 16 and over, or I should say 17 and over. I don't think it's for even 16-year-olds. So there's about 17, uh, 70 million folks who are below the age of uh, 16. So it turns out there's going to be, well, let's see, what is it, 260 million folks that are, if all of them want to get vaccinated, uh, who can get vaccinated. So uh looks like there's going to be a surplus, and Azar says we're going to use this to support the rest of the world, this, uh, the surplus manufacturing capacity. We're going to have plenty vials of uh, vaccine, it turns out. The Federal Reserve will continue maintaining the target rate for federal funds uh, at only 0% to 0.25%. The level has remained at, at this level since the middle of March. Uh, so this is good news for the markets. Uh, Fed officials expect real GDP to decrease by 2.4% this year. That's all. That's better than 3.7% anticipated. And uh, this really sets the table for a good recovery, p- provided we have decisions that help the economy recover instead of getting in the way of recovery. It leads to who's going to be uh, in the White House over the next four years. And also they're trying to figure out this whole uh, next stimulus package. Uh, they are getting closer to an agreement at about 900 billion dollars a bipartisan group of lawmakers outlined two proposals on monday one for 748 million and uh, so anyhow they're getting closer to this one of the issues is undocumented in- immigrants do not qualify didn't qualify for the direct payments in the cares act but right now of course the democrats want to include them it's just unbelievable Well, the director of national intelligence is finally able to reveal that there was widespread foreign intervention in the 2020 presidential election. DNI John Ratcliffe told CBS News that there were foreign election interference by China, Iran, and Russia in November of this year. It's unclear when this interview with Karen Catherine Herridge was interviewed or was filmed, but some sources say Ratcliffe wasn't able to make the information public until a certain time, which I think. Is probably tomorrow, the eighteenth. That's when forty-five days are up. He also uh, has only held the position since May the twenty-sixth. So the information on alleged meddling he's only privy to would be in recent months and the twenty-twenty election. What's disappointing is this report that's supposed to come out on the eighteenth. He's also announced there's announced there's going to be a delay in issuing the report. This is to go to the Secretary of State, Secretary of Treasury, into the. Uh, uh, Homeland Security, as well as to the President, this report, and could trigger all kinds of things in terms of uh, repercussions for those that interfered with the election. Well, this just shows how Deep State is so influential. Can you imagine? He doesn't have control over the uh, all these intelligence agencies. I think there's 16 or 17 of them. So he can't tell them what to do, but he can uh, request the reports, and he's just not getting the cooperation. There's probably... Uh, uh, apparently, infighting among the agencies for what information is correct. And finally, in this segment, uh, Biden gave an address to the American people this week about his getting the 270 electoral votes. He drew a record c- crowd for him, which is 30 people showed up. Can you believe that? He's looking to cash in big on the inauguration if it's the, if it's uh, if he makes it that far. would be a a virtual event. He's planning a virtual event, but he wants to raise up to a million dollars. If you want to chair the event, it'd be like $500,000. People won't even show up for his car rally, so why would anyone in his campaign think the people or corporations would want to shell out six or seven digits to see him on the computer? It just doesn't make any sense. I haven't lost hope that the president will prevail in this election. I think it's going to be An uphill battle, but I believe it's going to happen. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Lifeinnaples.net is the website. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Keith Law, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden.
1: Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. I want to just do a little shout-out to Bee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. I hope you go by and get great breakfast or lunch there. And they do a great job. They also offer uh, Uber Eats, so you can get takeout there as well. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Coming up, we're going to visit with Michael Cannon. He's the director, uh, or I should say the, yeah, the director of health studies at the Cato Institute. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw, co-founder of a terrific organization. It's called The Florida City. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Uh, Good morning, Bob. It's great to be with you.
1: Thank you, Keith. I hope it's been a great year for you. I just want to do a little shout-out to our listeners also about the Florida Citizens Alliance. I happen to be a founding member. I attended the first meeting with Keith and Pastor Rick. And in about eight years, they have such influence, and I'm talking about positive influence, on education outcomes in our public schools across Florida. So, Keith, congratulations on the work that you've been doing.
2: Well, thank you, Bob. Uh, As you know, we... We work really hard. We're, we're dedicated to helping our kids find better education system. So uh, we're have we, uh, strong advocates for uh, parental choice, school choice options. Uh, we were very uh, instrumental in Florida getting rid of the Common Core standards and replacing them. And uh, those are just a few of the accomplishments. We've also, interestingly enough, in just the last year, we started uh, 2020 with 60,000 uh, people in our active database. We're now up to over 110,000. We've just added in the last three or four months 50,000 plus parents with kids that 17 or under in the home.
1: So, yeah. And you're back and forth to Tallahassee and you're meeting with legislators, you're meeting with the Commission of Education, you're meeting with the governor. A lot of things going on and having, you actually have their ear in just this short period of time. So your cause is terrific. You're not one of those lobbyists that's trying to get a, some sort of a change to, uh, pad your pockets. This is all about helping kids in public schools, and I think our legislators and our leaders appreciate that. Now, this costs money, doesn't it?
2: Uh, it sure does. Um, we, uh, we have the opportunity to really grow our, our, uh, our uh, support base and reach parents. And one of the examples of, 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 of what we've been doing with the donations we get is uh, we can actually um, buy parent addresses for kids 1,700 in the home. And uh, we've been putting together some really aggressive uh, and positive uh, programs to uh, educate those parents on the alternatives they have, homeschooling for one, and the scholarship programs here in Florida. So um, none of our uh, senior management team takes a, a, a uh, any kind of a salary in all of our travels on our own. Uh, we have been investing in our uh, some of our instru- infrastructure. Uh, you've had on your show before Dominique Clemens, who just joined us full time uh, back in June. She's a graduate of Hillsdale College.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, She's doing an amazing work for us and created a new website, uh, libertyscholar.org, for parents. And uh, we now have, we're up to five interns two from Hillsdale and three from uh, colleges here in Florida.
1: Oh, that so, is fantastic, Keith. So I know you have an event coming up in February.
2: Yes, we do. Uh, uh, this will be our fourth major uh, fundraising event. Uh, for some of your listeners, you may re- and I know you you remember, Bob, we started way back uh, four years ago with uh, Dinesh Jisouza. Yeah. Uh, we held that event at the Ritz-Carlton, and it, it was a f- successful event. We helped raise uh, some money beyond the cost of the event to to help us grow. And then we did a Liberty and Learning event with Hillsdale Larry Art, uh, president of, of Hillsdale. Uh, and then um, this year uh, we're still in 2020, so I can say this year, um, uh, Dan Bongino uh, at the at the uh, Naples Grand. Yeah, and what's he, February...
1: he? He was fantastic. I mean, I really appreciated Dan, and he's having some health issues right now. So we certainly yeah. want to keep him in our thoughts and prayers. But anyhow, you've just put together some great events, and what's coming up in February?
2: Uh, February 10th at the Naples Grand uh, is our celebrating kids and country event. Uh, we have three uh, dynamic um, speakers. Uh, Alveda King, uh, Martin Luther King's niece, uh. Uh, will be our primary speaker. And then in addition to her, um, uh, s- some may remember Senator uh, Jim DeMint, who was senator for a number of years uh, sure. from uh, uh, North Carolina and then uh, was head of the Heritage Foundation. For, and uh, he now has a separate uh, even more conservative than Heritage. Uh, he's going to be one of our speakers. And the third speaker is a guy that, when I, when I mention his name, many folks uh, don't recognize it. Uh, it's uh, G- General Jerry Boykin. But as soon as I tell them that he was the uh, Delta Force commander for Mogadishu, Black Hawk Down, oh, yeah. and rose to, rose to be a three-star general in, uh, until Obama relieved him because of differences of, of opinion. And uh, he's now an executive director with the Family Research Council. And an ordained pastor, believe it or not. No, so no, not. Uh, three very different uh, speakers with different backgrounds, but all very focused on uh, education reform, uh, very positive on school school choice. So we're really excited about the event.
1: Well, it sounds like it's not only a fundraiser, it sounds like it, sounds like it could be really informative as well. It's going to be at the Naples Grand, you say?
2: In Naples Grand, February 10th. Um, it, it it will be all a, a a total event uh, so anybody who buys a ticket uh, will 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 attend the VIP event as well as the main the main event um, we have a christmas special going on right now you'll you'll remember you attended our christmas party back on december 3rd sure. at joseph, joseph Wentz um custom clothing uh, joseph is offering uh, for anybody who buys a ticket uh, to our event he's offering a $500 discount on uh on uh, his uh, clothing yeah so uh
1: and what a great uh, guy too he's i mean i think it's great that he's supporting you on that great it's in that way and he makes fantastic clothes all custom made so uh how can we get tickets
2: uh you can buy you can go to uh, events uh, flc or to our website you go to a goflca.com website it's it's featured right in the front and uh it's it's very easy to go ahead and buy uh, buy tickets uh, so uh, we really encourage people to do so and it is for a great cause as yeah. i was uh, for, for every hundred dollar investment that people make and we are a 501c3 we can reach 1200 uh, parents yeah so um you know it's it's uh, and and as you pointed out early on we have had some pretty significant successes uh, i often tell people we're punching way above our weight but to continue to do so uh, <laughs> does say, take money, unfortunately. I would
1: absolutely say that. I just admire so much what you've accomplished, and I do encourage well, – Linda and I will be at the event. We really look forward to it, and uh, we'll get tickets. As, and I'm just encouraging our listeners check it out and support the Florida Citizens Alliance. If you can't make it on the 10th uh, of February, at least make a contribution. Again, Florida Citizens Alliance, goflca.com. Or what was it? FL. What is the other place for the event?
2: Um, it, it's, it's just, um, uh, flcevents.com okay. slash kids and country, KAC. And well, so okay. but just go to our website. It's, it's right there. It's really, really easy uh, to, to find it on the front page of our website.
1: Absolutely. Again, Keith Law, uh, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, a terrific, terrific organization. Goflca.com is the website. Keith, genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure. Have a great week. You as well. Thank you, Keith. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Michael Cannon. Michael is the uh, Director of Health Studies at the Cato Institute. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. To the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob
1: Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley. He's the uh, co founder, I should say, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us, as I mentioned before the break, Michael Cannon. He's director of health studies at the Cato Institute. Mike, well, Michael, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me,
1: Bob. Always a pleasure. For our, the listener's benefit who may not know about the Cato Institute, could you tell us about it?
3: Cato Institute is a libertarian think tank in Washington, D.C. We've been around since 1977, and we uh, try to expand human liberty in all areas. Educate policymakers and the thinking public about the benefits of liberty, and are right to make your the decisions that affect your life.
1: Well, and certainly, you're in one of the most important areas. Uh, <laughs> in the course of the healthcare. Uh, sector has certainly been socialized to some degree, which is a real concern. Uh, but and right now, just such an important part of our economy. Uh, one of the things, of course, that's developing is we're having these vaccines delivered, first to healthcare workers and then to uh, the elderly and the people who may have re- uh, compromised immune systems. But right now, uh, there's been some noise in New York State. The uh, legislators want to make the vaccine compulsory. They want to make sure they want everybody to take it. What are your thoughts?
3: So, the World Health Organization does not support that position. And right. here's why. If you uh, want to get to population immunity, you want to get life back to normal, that means you want, uh, according to Anthony Fauci, 75 to 85% of the public to have immunity to the virus. We could get there just by voluntarily, uh, people voluntarily signing up to get the vaccine. There was a recent poll that showed that not only did 71 to 71% of adults in this country plan to get the vaccine, but that number is up from 63% hmm. in September. That shows you that you can persuade people. You, we, ha- we didn't have a mandate ticket from 73, or 63 to 71%. Mm-hmm. It was more information about the severity of this pandemic, about the benefits, the safety and efficacy. Of the vaccines and a less intense political environment, uh, and so if you mandate it, however, if you tell people they have to take the vaccine, well, uh, then you're not really respecting people's uh, intellects and their judgment. You're forcing your own judgment upon them. People tend to resent that, and that's why the World Health Organization and other uh, public health experts have, have have warned against mandates because you could uh, spark a backlash where people don't just turn on the mandate on the idea of being forced to take the vaccine. They'll turn on the vaccine as well. Right. They'll start criticizing the vaccine. We've seen a lot of, of unwarranted criticism of vaccines over the years by the anti-vaccination movement that have eroded that have eroded public support for child vaccines. And we're seeing outbreaks of measles uh, and other diseases now that, uh, that we shouldn't be seeing precisely because uh, these organizations have uh, misled the public about the the safety profiles of these vaccines. The same thing could happen with the coronavirus vaccine, and we could end up with a worse outbreak rather than uh, more vaccination if the government tries to mandate
1: vaccination. Yeah, you know, one of the guys, I don't know if you uh, uh, are aware of the uh, Children's Health Defense, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is a chairman, and he's uh, always suspicious of uh, vaccines. Uh, Are you familiar with his work? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, he's had some influence on the way I think about it, too. So I'm always suspicious of, uh, and one of the good things I think right now is we're not going to be vaccinating those that are 16 years of age and and younger. It's only for adults, and it's going to go, I think the way we're doing it 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 makes sense. But I think uh, each person has their own health issues, and it seems to me each person should think it through, become informed, and make a good, intelligent decision about their own body.
3: I think that's absolutely correct, and uh, if you want to get people to take the vaccine, you do have to be honest with them. You have to speak with them honestly about both the benefits and the cost of a vaccine. Mm-hmm. There are people who should not be taking the vaccine. There are risks to the vaccine mm-hmm. because uh, every uh, medication has risks, but those risks are so very small. Uh, they're, they're infinitesimally small and the, uh, the people who suffer the anaphylactic reactions, for example, mm-hmm. are why, uh, physicians administer these vaccines in a healthcare setting. Uh, it doesn't have to be physicians, but it should be in a healthcare setting where there are people on hand to respond to those, uh, anaphylactic reactions, uh, with, uh, with, with EpiPens and so forth. Uh, the, uh, if you if you try to hide those side effects, mm-hmm. well then people become suspicious. Uh, I I think that uh, in my view, uh, Mr. Kennedy and others exaggerate those those side effects and, and are mostly responsible for a decline over the last twenty years in the number of people who say that it's important to vaccinate children. That's declined from ninety four percent to eighty four percent according to a Gallup poll. The childhood vaccination rates have uh, have and uh, slightly but steadily over the past few years. And from 2017 to 2019, the number of uh, measles cases in the United States has tripled. Well, I, no, I'm sorry, it's tripled, almost tripled in uh, one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's increased tenfold from 2017 to 2019. And measles is a horrible disease. It is entirely preventable uh, by, by vaccination. Uh, I think that these organizations bear some of the responsibility for those outbreaks uh, and this is not uh, something wh- where we can just say, well these are these are adults who are consenting not to take the vaccine and, and assuming all the costs of their own actions. Yeah. this is adults choosing not to vaccinate children and uh, not only did their children uh, off, uh, uh, then get the measles, but they transmit the measles to other
1: children. Yeah, as that's well. right. So, so Michael, I, you know, in, in just in defense of Robert F. Uh, Kennedy Jr., I would suggest he's not an anti-vax guy. I think he's basically saying he's seeing a correlation between the level of vaccines and the age of vaccines and uh, chronic disease with children. And he's, I'm not sure, he's drawn a conclusion that there is def- definitely a relationship, but it is a concern. And I share that concern. I think, uh, I, if I recall, at one point at our pinnacle, we were giving 58 vaccines. To kids before they're like age one. That makes no sense at all. There are things that we should be vaccinated before, but for, but not I think it's getting extreme and it could have an impact on like uh, children.
3: There is a point at which you don't want to vaccinate. You know, the with the benefits of, of vaccination mm-hmm. uh don't justify the cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those uh, controversial areas is the HPV vaccine, yeah. where a, pa- a lot of parents make a cogent argument that there are. This is largely a sexually transmitted virus, and there are other ways uh, to protect adolescents against uh, that virus. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can certainly imagine other uh, uh, vaccines where the cost-benefit profile w- will uh, be unattractive.
1: Well, I, however, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Michael. I was stepping in, but uh, go ahead, please.
3: <laughs> however, uh, the uh, I, I think the, uh, the the argument that the timing of vaccines and the number of vaccines that young uh, that, that uh, physicians in the United States recommend for young children uh, is uh, is by and large appropriate. But where I completely agree with uh, Mr. Kennedy, is that we do need to uh, try to win this debate by a persuasion, yeah. not by some sort of mandate. Now, it's a little bit different when it comes to children, because uh, if people want to make dangerous decisions with their own lives, it's one thing, but if they want to make dangerous decisions with their children's lives, that's another thing. We don't let parents neglect their children. We don't let parents deny them the essentials for life. And in some cases, a vaccine, we could consider a vaccine as an essential.
1: Well, it's Michael, for polio we, I, I, so need, I need to move on in the show, and I think this interview is so important for our listeners. But I, I would conclude, and my admonition is just don't blindly accept things. I mean, question everything when it comes to your health. Uh, make, don't make an informed decision, but don't automatically resist either. Obviously, just make sure you're well informed, both for yourself and for your kids. So, Mike, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Again, the the website is Cato.org, C-A-T-O.org. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Bob. Always a pleasure. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of The Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Bob Harden.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now by visiting org. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, as I mentioned before the break. He's the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government.
4: Yeah, we exist scope and sphere of influence of government and here comes Joe Biden
1: Yeah, oh my goodness uh, did you hear his, his speech was all doom and gloom we're going through this cold oh, dark period of life <laughs>
4: yeah it's, it's FTR uh, revisited oh, um,
1: oh my gosh he's,
4: he's trying to set, a, he's trying to set the, the the mental table for a lot more government intervention and in everything so, and as we know from FDR he made the depression last as long as it did. Yeah, with with his spastic, uh, you know, try anything government approach. Um, if I, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say he was the worst president of the 20th century. And my chap one one of the chapters would have been to- Tojo ended the Great Depression. And of mm-hmm. course, Tojo was the Emperor of Japan who bombed Pearl Harbor. Yeah, and that was. The the depression would have gone on God knows how long um, if if Tojo hadn't interrupted FDR with with something actually important to do.
1: Yeah, providing all those arms certainly stimulated the economy. So, Seton, uh, uh, right now, listenership or viewership is down at Fox. We know that. One of my favorite shows, of course, is Tucker Carlson. But a lot of people have been very unhappy with Fox News. And you wrote a column. Fox News, we need any and all the friends we can get. Maybe you could tell us about it.
4: Well, yeah, it's just, you know, uh, you don't shoot a horse for stubbing its toe. Um, And they've made some mistakes, and they are drifting leftward. There's no arguing about that. Um, Rupert Murdoch's sons have taken over, and that apparently doesn't bode well. Um, But the fact of the matter is we don't have that many friends. Mm. Um, And... It's stupid to go, when, they, when we still have that many allies on the channel, to preemptively say, okay, we're done with Fox. Well, okay, uh, there's one American News Network, there's Newsmax, which are gaining in, you know, but they're not anywhere near where Fox is. You know, you're trading in a, a stallion for two, you know, plow ponies. You, you know, I mean, yeah. they're not comparable yet. They're not even close. And you've still got Tucker Carlson. Sean Hannity's the same guy he's been since 1996 when he was a founding host. Right. Uh, as I say in the piece, in fact, you it, 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 when it comes to Hannity, there's more co- conservatism, right-wingness now than there was in 96 because he had Combs with him. Right. The late Alan Combs. It was, Al, it was Hannity and Combs. It was left and right. Now it's all right all the time with him. Right. So there's that. Um uh, it's just uh, there's uh, the, you know Tucker Carlson of course uh, Laura Ingram um, there's just you know Brett Bears a never Trumper but he's not terrible um, I still don't understand the Donna Brazil hire we know she <laughs> cheated in the debate <laughs> well. and I, I don't think I don't think she has any business being on Fox's airwaves no. but you know uh, th- while they have drifted leftward you know where else are you going to get a Tucker Carlson you know um, sure Newsmax would love to have him. Um, but they don't have the r- resources to pay them.
1: Yeah. Um, well, you know. So I was so disappointed in Fox News uh, in their reaction during and after the election. They, oh, sure. I felt betrayed.
4: And I the beast, yeah, do. Yeah,
1: I felt totally betrayed. Now, I, I, Fox, uh, where wherever Tucker Carlson goes, oh, his commentary is actually getting better and better. Quite frankly, last night he was on fire. It was just well, a, uh,
4: it's just like anything else. If you do it. Repeatedly, you're going to get better at it. Let's hope so. Uh, he writes those things himself <laughs> for yeah. the most part every night. So no, he's great. He's absolutely outstanding. He's he's the highest-rated talk uh, news uh, show in the history of television. Yeah. Um, and you know, like I said, he's not going to go take a massive pay cut to go work at Newsmax or 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 what America News. Um, so I just think it's it's generally a bad. You know, we are. You know, we're, we're fighting big tech, we're fighting big media, we're fighting big business, we're fighting big entertainment. And we're going to shoot Fox yeah. in the middle of all this? I just, I don't think it's, you're not doing political math very well. Well,
1: I'll, I'll say this, uh, I, 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 I would give an admonition to Fox, says, listen, I mean, they should not take for granted the audience they have. They've seen it reduce, and they're all our, to- our alternatives to Fox And they should be aware of it. They're in a competitive business, and they shot themselves in the foot by some of the reactions that they had.
4: Oh, the 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 Arizona call on election night was was patently absurd, right? And then their defense of it was patently absurd. And you know, I'm it's what's interesting to me is they didn't they were generally center right, Hmm. but they never got on board with Trump. So the question becomes: Now, I don't think Trump's going anywhere. Trump's raising millions of dollars for his pack. I think he's going to run again in 24, and there's no Republican that's going to, you know, anybody that you know, Larry Hogan from Maryland wants to run. We, we from we wants to run for the Republican nomination. Well, I see, we I, I, would say,
1: I would say this to, to that: uh, You can't have three terms, and if he wins this term, he can't run in 24.
4: Well, no, I'm saying I'm just I'm I'm I think he's running out of runway on the challenges, is what I'm saying. I'm yeah. I'm speaking with the assumption that he's not going to be president in 2021. Yeah. Um, but if he runs, you know, Larry Hogan, Larry, Maryland's Larry Hogan. I lived in Maryland. We finally found somebody who will get less primary votes than Jeb Bush. Yeah. In Larry in Larry Hogan.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, you know, anybody that. Any never Trumper, the, the only never Trumpers are going to run against Trump in twenty twenty four, and no no Trumper is going to run against him, and he's going to mop the floor with them again like he did in twenty sixteen
1: and like he did so, in twenty twenty two.
4: I'm I'm sorry, well, yeah, well, no, I mean there was no he won going away in twenty twenty in the general. There was no primary. He was the incumbent. And no one wanted to challenge him. Right. Um. And so. No, I I think Fox needs to realize, um, and the Republican Party needs to realize, I've said, you know, Trump should just tell the GOP to screw off and start the America First Party. Yeah. He'll take 95% of the Republicans and probably 20% or more of Democrats with him. Yeah. And that's speaking of political math, that's a win. And, uh, you know, because obviously, you know, McConnell on the Senate floor, you know, she coughed up the ball. Uh, oh my gosh! His, yeah, b- I mean, it's just nobody wants Trump in D.C. And he, you know, and, and then for for, him to, for McConnell to then praise Biden, I worked with him for you know thirty years. The, you know, <laughs> mush mouth from Cosby Show yeah. and um, from Fat Albert and um, yeah, it, it, these none of these people want Trump. Right. And what Fox News needs to realize is their audience does. Yeah. And so they they have to make a choice, you know, because what happens is as soon as you go against the guy who's clearly the number one guy in the Republican Party, it's impossible to split the, to thread that needle. Yeah, well, I'll say you this. I say this. You end up citing Daily Coast and Vox, and you end up like Amanda Carpenter, who worked for Ted Cruz and is now so far on the other side. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Uh, One American News, just another uh, outlet. There are many outlets, at the, and the point is, and uh, they they have some great people on Fox News. I hope the heck they can figure this out and uh, and make some good decisions. Love to have them get get back on. And, and quite frankly, they're in some ways more conservative than they used to be. I'm trying to recall that guy that did the Daily. A newscast that I think he's off. Shepherd Smith. Yeah, now there's, there is a Good loser. Good riddance
4: to bad rubbish.
1: Yeah, let's get rid of Neil Cavuto too. He's, he's
4: oh, he's, he's yeah. When he and I cite that instance in, in, in the article where he Kaylee uh, McAnney, Mc, Mc, yeah, I, I can get her. Yeah, her, her name is so Irish, I can't get it. <laughs> um, and and. Um, she was in the middle of a press conference and he, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he stopped. Yeah, uh, he, unbel- he, he yells at his producers to turn off the stream and says, We're not going to let that happen here. I mean, uh, okay, you freaking.
1: So, Seton, I'd I, you know, love to continue the conversation. I need to run, but I just do want to do a shout out for lessgovernment.org. That's the website. You can visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thanks for joining us.
4: Thank you, sir.
1: My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government does. Doesn't provide, And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did.
0: Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. I proudly serve on the board, and I hope you'll check out the website, thefga.org. We have with us Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. Mayor Bill, thank you so much for joining us.
5: Hey, Bob. Like I say, um, (coughs) it's Thursday, and it's the Bob Harden Show, so you know if that's... My alarm, my clock, uh, warnings, you know, I got stickers all over the place. Don't forget Bob Harden. So (laughs) we never have to worry about that.
1: Well, Bill, I appreciate it so much. And one of the things I also appreciate, you too, is your experience and wisdom, everything that's happened in the city over these years. And now being able to speak freely about what you see going on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which
5: could be... Good, good or bad, right,
1: Bob? No, it's always good, Bill. Uh, so uh, the Naples City Council had a meeting yesterday. I believe. Any thoughts and
5: comments? Well, I, I'm going to tell you two two things about that meeting. One one you will know um, from from many years of business experience, which was absolutely uh, just um, just kind of mind blowing to see it happen. And that was um, that the mayor. Um, I, I would almost want to say had a tantrum yesterday and she <clears throat> there was a there was an item brought up um, that um, uh, a sheet of paper that was handed out to them yesterday mm. and um, it was about it was a resolution and um, it was just handed out to them yesterday and um, Gary price had brought it up um, and she uh, laid into the city manager about she didn't like to be blindsided. And and I mean, Bob, to, to listen to that and to watch that, to do that to your city manager in public, mm-hmm. and you know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in all my years as, as, as mayor and yours as a business person, if you have something to say to one of your staff, especially one of your key staff, you don't do it out in a public forum. Right. And uh, she did. And I, I was kind of watching his face because we were watching it, and it was like, it was like he was kicked. You know, she accused him of of um, blindsiding her and everything. And when he finally had a chance to speak, he said, uh, "Miss Hyman, I, I didn't blindside you." He said, "I had no prior knowledge of it other than, other than I knew that a council member was going to bring something up, but he, the council member, never discussed it with me." And, um, but the damage had been done by then.
1: Yeah, of course.
5: And, and that's just. You know that that's just not done, Bob. You just don't chew, you know, uh, someone out uh, in in public. Yeah. Um, well, you know,
1: it, so. it it just reminds me. My first experience with Teresa Heitman is that uh, we went to a meeting together to meet then candidate for governor, uh, uh, our governor <laughs> now his, uh, Rick, Rick, Scott, Scott, Rick Scott. Rick Scott. Yeah. And uh, his behavior, or her behavior towards him was so disrespectful. I was actually embarrassed for her, and so you know she can be inappropriate. I was now recently she made a decision. We're not going to mask everybody up, uh, and we're going to let people make their own decisions about their health. I said, "Well, wow, that's pretty good," but now, apparently <laughs> it's come back on the on the. Uh,
5: oh, you know. Bob! They they went on yesterday for an extra hour and a half or two hours, and some of the council members just left. Just said, "Paul Perry got up and said, hey, I I had to leave two hours ago.'" and uh then, then they set a special meeting for Monday, and Hyman jumps out and says, "Oh, wait, I, I can't do that. I have plans." And then she turns around and says, "Oh, wait a minute. I'm, you know, this is my elected position, and I'll be there, you know." And um, <laughs> so they're going to do this all over again. Yeah, I and, would. And um, you know, um, they they <clears throat> excuse me, they want a mandate. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Bob. No, no problem. And um, the thing is, is look. It won't be enforced, okay? Mm-hmm. Period. Um. So I'm I'm switching gears a little here. If it's going to give somebody some security, it not going to affect your life <clears throat> nor mine, okay? Um. There, it's not going to be enforced. One thing they said about the businesses yesterday: at least it gives them um some some leverage. Uh, if if they were to need it, mm-hmm. um. But most businesses have signs on their front door that say, you know, look, we we appreciate your business, whatever it is, but we want you to wear a mask when you come in here. Yeah. And it's your choice whether you go in there or not. That's right. But I don't know where it's gonna go. They're gonna go around and around and they're gonna have, you know, a million doctors and a million people that don't want it. And, <laughs> you know, they're just, uh, it, it, it's, it's just re- over and over and over and over again. By the time they make a decision, uh, hopefully the whole Covid
1: will be gone. Yeah, I mean, the 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 commissioners, uh, I think, made a good decision. They said uh, you don't have to wear a mask if you're uh, if you're what, what is the word they're using six feet you're separated. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah uh, so, socially distance. Socially right. distance. Thank you for that. So, uh, and and the <clears throat> governor's been pretty clear too. He f- f- said first of all, there's not going to be a requirement for vaccines. Second of all, are going to be no fines. And third of all, you know, just please take care of yourself. Watch your health. Uh, socially distance. Uh, wear a mask if you can't. If you uh, can't socially distance, I think where the governor's coming from, so businesses can say, "Hey, look, if you're going to come in my business, you're going to have to wear a mask." That's totally right. appropriate. It's their it's their business. So, right, you know, right. I just really just uh, <laughs> I don't know yeah, how. I know. I don't know how you can make a decision for somebody that's living on Third Avenue North <laughs> or whatever. Right. Why, why are you trying to why are you trying to mandate use well, this power? They,
5: they want to make it a city mandate. Yeah. Okay, and, and um to to have more leverage, I guess. Uh um and they then she brings up social social event I mean special events. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she says, Well maybe we need to look at this whole special event policy. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't have special events now with crowds because this is uh, um, or, or or do we make them a, uh, or do they have to wear masks um, if they're at a social event and I I just it was like Chris and I looked at each other yesterday like oh my gosh you know um, it's just amazing I, I, I just can't get over um what they do or what what she does because she's you know the buck stops there and you know um she got shook up yesterday and um and uh it it just almost reminded me of a little kid having a having a temperature and they finally they recessed and then uh I guess she went in the back to cool down a little bit, but uh, just absolutely unwarranted.
1: Yeah, it's certainly, that kind of behavior, it certainly is unwarranted. You know, uh, Bill de Blasio said that uh, I'm going to start riding the subway and I'm encouraging you to do that. And then he's closing all the restaurants. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, how yeah. do you make sense out of, out of that? So my admonition is just, hey, elected officials, just stay in your lane, do your job, don't you?
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly uh and they start these uh, firestorms and uh it just um you, you put it out and it just starts up again somewhere else so uh but anyway that's that's the uh that's the 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 news and yeah they just kind of act like professionals that's
1: you, that's exactly but that's the problem but you know if she if she reacts that way and has a kind of an emotional fit that ha- that that has a ripple effect it affects the other members oh. of the city council it affects the public it's just, oh, and and I would suggest to you, based on my my observation of uh, of her, and again, I, I when she makes a good decision or uh, creates le- right. good leadership, I want to give her credit. But you know, I, I suspect she's just not as prepared as she should be when she comes to these meetings.
5: That's always been the issue, and she doesn't understand that her favorite favorite things. I need more clarification, which means, you know, that's what you have a, I, I know we got to go. That's what you have a city manager for, and and if I had to say something to council or whatever, I would tell him, listen. You're wasting hours when you see something the agenda's p- uh, published a week before, and you see something that's confusing or you don't understand, which is which is natural. Yeah. Okay, go sit <laughs> down with the city manager, make your weekly appointment with him or her, or, or go see the go see the assistant city manager. Yeah. Sit down with them. Say, "Here, I don't understand this." By the time you get to that meeting, you're going to have all the documentation and everything else that you need to be able to deal with it and not just talk to hear yourself talking and Think the public says, "Oh my! How well, how well versed they are." Well, you know what I mean. I
1: certainly do, Bill. It's just, uh, you know, I I always you did a great job as city council, also as mayor, and uh, just really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
5: Well, thanks, Bob. Are we talking next week?
1: That's my plan, unless (laughs) you just uh,
5: my plan. Okay, fabulous. We'll We'll (laughs) we'll get you, you then, and have a good one.
1: You as well. Thank you, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I, th- I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. If you'd like to get on the distribution list for the uh, uh, piece that I send out after uh, every show, you can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, appreciate your comments uh, that uh, about the show and what you like, don't like, whatever. Uh, you can also put that in the email. Tomorrow, we're going to visit with uh, William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. We'll visit Byron Donalds, our newly elected uh, U.S. Congressman. We'll visit with Sharon Kenny, the author of Where Should We Eat? Dave Vigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste.
0: Thanks so much for listening to The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.